Hey everyone, welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. I'm the host of the show, and my name is Ben Wilson. This week we talk about some common big kid problems, including finding a spouse. Before we get started, I want to thank Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring this week's podcast. So let's get started. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Well, hey everybody. Uh, welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler. We're glad you came. We're having a little technical issue. Uh, so this is supposed to be live on uh, Facebook like it is every week, but it, it taint that way this week. Uh, we're having a little trouble uh, on the Facebook end. And uh, uh, so this won't be, you won't be able to see moving pictures this time. It's all going to be uh, just like this. Um, but uh, my son Abe just walked in. Why do you need Abe? I guess nothing. Um, but um, uh, we're about two months out from, actually two months from today, I think, from Ike and Carolyn's wedding. And we just had a load of gravel delivered and we're busily uh, getting things done. And uh, we're kind of in high gear in lots of different areas. We're, we're, uh, we had the whole weekend off, which is kind of a wonderful thing. But uh, we're going to leave... Um, next week for a week at uh, uh, homeschool camp at, Har- at uh, Sandy Cove, sorry, Sandy Cove in Northeast Maryland. That's the name of the town. Um, and, uh, you know, I was talking to someone, we were at uh, Harvey Cedars homeschool camp uh, last week, and I talked to several listeners, actually, who listened to our show, Ben. Um, but one of them was saying that uh, they heard about the camp on this show, and they went because of it. Um, and, uh, they had a great time. Um, so if you're thinking about doing some fun, maybe not this year because it's a little late, but, uh, maybe next year. Uh, and then right after this, I'm going to go over to help Ben. We're going to, you're starting to add water to your pool now, right, Ben? Yep. Last week we said, I don't remember what I said exactly, but I was hoping it'd be basically done. But we had uh, a friend, a couple friends of ours staying at our house over the weekend and he helped me finish up the last little bit of deck. And then that day, the rest of our big friend group came over and helped us put the liner in and uh, started filling it with water. So I need to, apparently, you know, you put some water in it and stretch it a little bit out and then like put the top on so that it holds it in place. And, and you know, and then we're just going to fill, apparently though, the fire station doesn't fill them anymore because someone probably complained that it did something. I don't know what, but so we're just going to fill it like maybe three or four inches a day or something or you know in the morning and then you know a couple inches in the evening or something like that and then eventually come a week and a half it should be full so need to get yeah get that all going and the deck looks awesome but you had a little mishap uh when you're putting in the liner right (laughs) yeah it doesn't matter because i mean they might listen to this but (laughs) the one of the one of the kids uh threw a little screw in and just poked a tiny 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 hole like i mean the size of literally a diameter of a needle and i don't even think you would ever have found it if you didn't notice it like i don't think it would ever mattered but uh we saw it right when we still had hardly any water in it so just put a little patch on it so it didn't matter but you know, uh, kids goes. are stupid that way you know no. <laughs> i can remember one mom we had a friend who was mom and um she said she collected uh, precious moments you know what those are right then yeah you know, those little precious moments, figurines. Yeah, we went to the factory tour there in Carthage, Missouri, uh, when Ben was a kid, um, to see the Sistine Chapel of Precious Feels Moments. Feels like it was made cool. for people about 30 years older than me, <laughs> or 40 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was kind of depressing, actually, we were there, because it was a little starting to get that. Like, it used to be ne- popular. <laughs> neglected feel, right. <clears throat> but I remember we had a friend who collected those, and... She said about one of her kids, her kids were young, and she said, I came in, and 
my pre my figurine that I'd got when we were married was broken on the floor. And I just sat down and cried and said, they've taken everything from me. <laughs> you, know, you know, I just yeah. felt that way. Like, you know, we it used to have things. Nothing and, like that. But yes, it was, it was, but well, Maggie, my sister, she works for someone here locally. And she said that the kids, the mom was outside or something in the other room. And the one kid was just playing in the living room, but he had like a red or purple Sharpie and oh, they yeah. have like a tan khaki sectional couch. And he had drawn literally all over all the cushions all of it i mean it was i mean just over everything and the mom was just freaking out obviously but so i'm just waiting for something like that to happen but thankfully we haven't had anything major major happen yet some nail polish <laughs> yes. on our carpet but yeah. other than that so yeah we'll maggie see. told me about that yeah well that's that's my favorite story about uh ben has a cousin who uh they were going to a homeschool co-op you know with just a couple families like three families and uh, they couldn't meet at the house they were supposed to. And so they all turned to this one mom and said, Kay, could we meet at your house? Now, this lady's husband was kind of a germaphobe. He was afraid of germs. And uh, they had just moved into a new like house. Intensely and afraid. Intensely afraid. And the house is like meticulous. You wear little booty kind of things when you walked in. And she goes, well... I, th I think that would be okay. She goes, let me check with my husband. But she couldn't get a hold of him. So she had to make the call that it was okay. And so they go over there and I guess they walk in the door. I mean, they're barely in the door and their carpet is like pristine white, you know, as white as snow. And one of their kids kind of says, you know, looks at her, his mom and goes, blah, and then throws up all over the carpet. And uh, oh, his mom starts to cry and, and the wife is starting to cry, and and of course, you know, the kid didn't care less. But it's been a great story that I've told for years. So, uh, uh, but kids, kids will do that to you. Don't kids get too will do attached. So the lies get ruined. I was just, uh, I was just looking up on the news, you know, because we like to keep you abreast of all the homeschooling news. Um, I I just typed in, I was googling homeschool news and. Uh, came up with this new article, and I just thought we maybe spent a few minutes looking at it. Um, it's 100 Reasons to Homeschool Your Kids, and it was in the Libertarian Republic. I don't know what that is, um, but uh, some kind of, you know, website. And some of them I thought were pretty interesting. You know, I mean, they have, like, the first one, homeschoolers perform well academically, and your ki kids may be happier, duh. Issues like ADHD might disappear, become less problematic. It doesn't matter if they fidget, you know, and all those things. But uh, I thought some of them were really good. I thought that it was they were interesting. I didn't, you know, I'm going to, this is for further um, looking into. Um, it says, uh, school ki kills creativity. As Sir Ken Robinson, I don't know who that is, proclaims in his TED Talk, the most watched one ever. So he says, school kills creativity. Um and then they say that was 40, number 48 and uh, says homeschooling might even help your kids use their creativity in remarkable ways other than well-known, uh, as other well-known homeschoolers have. They also had a list of like celebrity homeschoolers. I was looking through that. That's amazing how many uh, people homeschool their kids. Because they can't, you know, they're traveling and all over the world or whatnot. So they just, you know, they have right. to. It's number 62 said homeschooling could be the smartest way to teach your kids in the 21st century, according to Business Insider. I mean, that that's that's a big mainstream uh, uh, newspaper there. Or, uh, and, and there's an article here that says homeschooling may be the new path to Harvard. 
Uh, they do they do a little thing on not that your kids not that I want my kids to go to Harvard. Speaking of Harvard, um, actually, I heard, I saw something interesting. Uh, Conan, you know you know who Conan is, Conan O'Brien, yeah, the right. night show host or whatever. He uh-huh. uh, I saw a thing and he was interviewing a, a comedian or something, and they were talking about how Conan went to Harvard, and he was saying, I mean, you've said before famously, this is the other guy saying to Conan that you didn't find it actually that hard. He's like, yeah, he's like, I've always said that once you get in. He's like, honestly, I don't think Harvard was any harder than any other college out there. He's like, it was not any more difficult. And everyone always chalks up like, oh, my goodness, you have to be literally a genius, you know. But you see, like, like the those celebrities that had the fail, the, you know, the, the, the illegal activity that fell out. You know, right, recently. Right, right. It's like their daughters obviously couldn't get in on their own. But then they stayed in fine, you know, so it's like, obviously, <laughs> right. it's yeah. the entry, not the once you're there. But I just thought that was interesting. Exactly. Um, in fact, Ben went uh, did an online uh, at Thomas Edison University. I didn't even tell Ben this, but we drove by your uh, university the other day. Oh, yeah? That's cool. Yeah, we, we like accidentally one took a building? wrong turn, and we're like, that says Thomas Edison University. Um, so that was kind of cool. That's cool. Um, number 67 says, many colleges openly recruit and welcome homeschoolers because they tend to be innovative thinkers. Um, and then they go on in 68, but college doesn't need to be the only pathway to a meaningful adult life and livelihood. Many lucrative jobs don't require a college degree, and companies like Google and Apple have dropped their degree requirements, which is really kind of amazing to me. And then there's some other ones that are kind of lame, but you know, uh, uh, but it's it was it was a pretty interesting read. Um, so anyway, yeah, I thought, I thought was, the one that we said the the creativity was is Uh really true because i I remember like someone saying that you know when you ask kids like in school when they're all like real young if any of them are good at drawing like they say like everyone raises their hand and then they say they go in the next year and like let's say half of them raise their hand and then by like first grade or second grade or something like that only like two kids in the entire you know thing raise their hand at anymore and i always thought that was kind of sad because it's just like when you have everyone standardizing and everyone uh, you know, keeping each other in line or belittling each other or whatever it is within a group. Often, I think it does like pushes people to be more normal versus having really strong strengths or just growing in things that they think they're good at or whatnot. You know, even if they're not just brilliant at it. You know, but I just thought I always thought that was interesting. But I also so saw. One... Could... Sorry, go ahead. I said, so you should have been an artist. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, I'm not saying I have any, any skill, but I think it does like it could be other things other than just art. Right. But right, right. I saw ones like this is kind of sad. But it's like fear of home or school shootings and widespread bullying or other right. concerns that are prompting more families to consider homeschooling. So, you know, if you're afraid of that and there you go. But that's true. It is a good article. Well, There's and, a lot in there. One said, you know, like you can have healthier meals. And of course, yeah. Um, but somebody gets to cook them when you put them in regular school. Yeah, right. So. You can go both ways on that. So, but yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, you can check it out again. It's 100 Reasons to Homeschool Your Kids. It's on the Libertarian Republic. But hey, you don't need more reasons because you already believe it, because you believe strongly in it, because it it's the best thing there is. Uh, as my good friend Coach Rick always says, you know, why why wouldn't you homeschool your kids? You know, so that's the the one reason why you should 
maybe because there's nothing else. You, there's nothing else you'd want to do. You know, I was gonna. We're gonna kind of talk just for a few minutes here about maybe some big kid issues. And Ben and I were trying to discuss what big kid means. You know, and by big kid, I just mean you know as your kids get older. Uh, you know, when they're small and when they're little, they're exhausting. And Ben knows that they're exhausting. Uh, but the the issues are small. I mean, it's like, did they take naps? You know, are they going to use the blue sippy cup or the red sippy cup? Are they going to, uh, you know, eat all their meal? Are you going to make them eat it all? Are you going to make them sit in their chair? Um, but when they get bigger, it gets harder because the decisions um, get uh, bigger. And and I was just kind of leading off the conversation because, you know, we have a, a son who's getting married in, in two months from today in our yard. Uh, and uh, we do have nice gravel, by the way, and in our driveway right now. Uh, even though it's piled high and we still got to go shovel it all. A stinking guy just couldn't ma- lay it as smoothly as I would have liked him to. Um, but uh, I had a guy ask me, Reese, and I have am asked this question fairly often now. And usually it's by a dad, you know. Um, and they come up to me, and this guy just asked it kind of like, you know, like in the back of the room. And he wanted to get my silver bullet answer. But uh, when I said, you know, we had some kids who, who were married and one who's getting married, he looked at me and I mean, it was just like, how do you do that? You know, how do you get your kids married? I was speaking at a conference and one of the guys he's got, I think he's got 11 children um, and they're all amazing kids. And he's like, Todd, how do you get your kids married? Can I come over and rub your head? You know, like for luck. Just say um, some you know, well-placed bribes are a great, great start. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and I don't know what all this, th- there's a lot of pressure, uh, not only on uh, kids, but on parents as well. Um, and, uh, you know, because there are just so many different models. And, and really, my answer to the, kid, the guy who said, you know, what do I do to rub your head was, my answer was, you just let them. You know, you let them, you met them, you let them make choices, choices that are good or bad, because, you know, we've kind of been uh, taught in our homeschooling circles that uh, it's like marriage is then like the next lesson. You know, like if, if we do our job right, when you get to that certain age, we will have taught you, we'll have trained you, we'll have and you'll just know what to do and you'll make the perfect decision. Uh, and we'll, you know, we'll be involved in that just like we were in the red and blue sippy cup. Um, and I'm, I'm not even sure that's true. And there are kind of, you know, a couple different methods that have come up because a lot of us, and, and Ben reminded me that maybe we've talked about this in the past, but when you're an old guy, you don't remember, you just, you tell the same stories as my dad does. Did I ever t- dad tell you how I slept last night? I had a dream last night. Uh, ben knows that my, my dad says every time he wakes up, I just dreamt that I uh, ate the world's biggest marshmallow. And then we all go, and when you woke up, your pillow was gone. So you'll have to uh, humor me. Um, but, you know, a lot of us came out of the just the regular dating scene and there were, there were wounds and uh, broken hearts and and uh, so we kind of like, well, we're going to find a better way to do it. And we didn't know what that was, um, but people came along and, and they gave us some options. One of those options was betrothal. And anybody who has a half a brain knows that's a stupid way to go. Um, even though we know some people who have been betrothed and, uh, you know, I guess it, it's worked out. It's still um, weird. 
Go ahead. And, I said and, it's still weird, regardless if it worked out. So I just I don't I don't yeah, I wouldn't you know, put that and, as your and, first. You know, really, step. it is the only dating option or the only uh, marriage plan mentioned in the Bible, but it's mentioned descriptively, not prescriptively. Descriptive, you know, it just it's describing something that happened. It's not prescribing. It's not telling you how to do this. It kind of leaves us on our own. Um, but with that, you know, some people along the way, they came up with this idea of courtship, you know, it's kind of sounds old fashioned, you know, where someone comes according and, um, you know, they started adding things to it like, oh, you know, maybe they wouldn't have their first kiss when they got married and, you know, up on the altar. And, you know, the thing about courtship is that it, it is, it sounds like maybe God said it, but he didn't, you know, and a lot of people fell for it, uh, including us. Uh, you know, and, and, and I'm not sure, uh, in fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure actually that maybe that's not the best way. Maybe that's not the way, uh, that works the best. And, and obviously if it was what God wanted, he would have told us that's what he wanted. I'm going to interrupt real quickly to tell you about our sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. Teaching Textbooks is one of the best math curriculums available and our family has used them for many years. We've loved every minute of it, and their new 3.0 version of the curriculum is better than ever, and you can access it from Windows, Macs, Chromebooks, and even smartphones. Each and every math problem is explained and demonstrated in an easy-to-understand way that takes the stress and the responsibility away from you. Teaching Textbooks stores your child's grades so you can easily ensure that they are learning, and you can check their progress. Teaching Textbooks makes math fun, and you can visit the website teachingtextbooks.com to check out a free trial and view a sample lesson. Thanks to Teaching Textbooks for all their support, and now, back to the show. courtship oftentimes there's people who are envisioning that for their kids have a very ideal or you know it's it's there's a lot of pressure in their mind that it's going to be that way and there's a lot to courtship for it to be considered I feel like a success like for someone like let's say mom or dad to be like yes they properly courted it and got married like there's a lot involved in that and I feel like there's a lot of opportunities for even a small thing to just cause a ton of like expectations to be let down and be like, oh, they went, they did it wrong or they, you know, and I just feel like there's a lot of opportunities for failure in courtship because you have to not be emotionally involved for a long time or only hang out, you know, and just like there's all these rule like things that just add up and it's like, you know, you're going to have probably a lot of disappointment in your child because it, I mean, that's not really very realistic in the real world, I feel like. So I just think it, well, yeah. and even even you guys, I mean, really, you you brought away something that your mom and I didn't have, you know. I mean, I know you went to Rissa's dad even before when you were first thinking about like just seeing her, you know. And Ike did too, kind of like, is this okay? And I know that uh, Catherine's, you know, has a friend right now, and uh, you know, he kind of came to me and said, "Is that okay?" You know, and, and but he didn't know he was even supposed to ask. You know, and I think Catherine kind of let him know that that's what you need to do. And I was, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm okay, you know, because again, there is no right way to do it. And I think sometimes our, our our alarms go off when our kids are like, you know, bring someone and is like, he didn't even ask me. He's never even talked to me yet. And you know, it's okay. We can kind of relax with that. But the thing I'm the most concerned about. And Ben, uh, since, you know, most of your friends are all married now, um, but I know uh, this panic that that comes in when our kids aren't married. Maybe they're 23, 24, 25, 26, you know, and as those years 
increase, they start to freak out, you know, because I know Catherine, uh, you know, she thought she was going to be an old maid when she was 18. She's like, I'm never going to find anybody. I, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm just going to be like one of those girls who stays in their house and they're, you know, until they're 35 and never has anybody. And I don't know why, again, she has that pressure, but apparently she does. Um, and, uh, you know, I think sometimes we compound that when we try to solve the problem for them. You know, like um, we were with some friends and and maybe you've set, felt this, Ben, but I remember we were with some friends that we didn't see very often. And uh, they had a daughter who was like 25 and and we were like listing our kids and we said, oh, this kid. And and they're like, how old is he? You know, and as though they're on the hunt for every kid they can find who's an eligible age. And, you know, and they even kind of said something to their daughter. Oh, he's, you know, whatever. And available and and uh you know my fear is that sometimes when we do that we make our kids feel like they're broken and they need to be fixed as though it's a really something bad has happened and we better get on that or if we don't find out you know you might get you might be doomed to and i don't think we need to do that um i think you know as dads and i i know ben we i remember talking about this you really never felt that like oh you're gonna be stuck as a single guy forever did you no, but I'm more outgoing and tended to just, you know, find more opportunities to interact with a lot of people. And I know some people don't do that. You know, they're not going to initiate like, oh, I'm going to go figure out some way to hang out with a lot of people. Like, you know, so that would be maybe tougher uh, for some people. But no, I, ne I mean, I never, I mean, maybe for a few couple months after I broke up after one relationship, but not like seriously, like, oh man, I'm never going to find anyone. But I also never felt like I didn't know anyone. I think that's where people get more worried is if they feel like they don't know really anyone in an age group or something like that, then that can feel, I think, more scary for people. It's like, I literally don't know anyone, you know, that can, I think is where people start getting worried. Um, so I'm not sure. But why do you, do you think like every parent feels that? Or do you think homeschooling parents feel more responsible than other parents? Like, I was just thinking like, because I don't know a lot of outside that do that, but I wonder if it's because in homeschooling you tend to be more involved in your child's lives than, you know, than most, um, you know, public school kids. So because of that, I wonder if it is like, okay, well now I need to also help them through this because I've helped them through everything else, you know. I, I think that's exactly Maybe that's it. why. I mean, I'm I, not sure. I think that's it. I think that it's like another one of those lessons that I have to be involved in. Right. You know, if I don't teach them how to read, they won't know how to read. If I don't teach them how to get married, they won't know how to get married. Um, and, you know, I think that's a great idea. But uh, like you said, you know, um, where you maybe if you have older kids and they still haven't found someone. Yes, you want them around other people. Um, but I've still even in this in the midst of that, maybe we're so fearful, you know, as a homeschooling group. We're so fearful that it's going to get out of a control. I mean, I, I talked to parents or heard them tell me, oh, you know, I'm really concerned that my, my son or daughter hasn't met anybody. But, you know, and she he or she says, oh, they want to go to this, you know, this singles group and at their church. But they'll say, I, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't really know if I want them to because I don't know what kind of people they are going to meet. And, you know, and that's my thing is that. You know, like one of these parents that I was telling about, the guy who I wanted to rub my head, uh, you know, he told me in the almost, not in that conversation, but a prior conversation, that he's already turned down two or maybe three guys 
for one of his daughter. He says, in fact, I have one, you know, right now I got to go have a conversation with and I got to just tell him, you know, he's just not the guy. And I'm just thinking, wow, you know, you might get to the end and find that there's no one, you know, that you've gone through this whole string and then you've, you've kind of put your daughter in a position that she's not going to be in the same place to have that big family like you've had and enjoyed. Because most of us parents, you know, who are, or maybe so uh, f- fearful, you know, we got married and we didn't, you know, we didn't do any of this courtship thing. We didn't ask anybody, you know, we didn't tell anybody. We just did it. We didn't know anything. And, uh, you know, God used that to get us where we are today and to, to have this family. And, and I just think our kids, uh, in fact, I was, you know, Ben and I were just talking, we were talking about, uh, Ike getting married and, uh, he was saying, you know, are they going to do counseling and, you know, premarital counseling? Because that's kind of, you know, I mean, whatever, 40 years ago, nobody had premarital counseling. There was no such thing. You know, you just went to the preacher and you got married. Um, but then it kind of became a thing. And, you know, I know Ben met with a pastor. Uh, he and Rissa met with the pastor. And, and I met with the pastor, you know, and we did read some books. And, um, and even Debbie and I were talking yesterday that, we think there are some good things you can discuss, but it doesn't really prepare you for no. uh, for marriage. You know, because really the way I view it, Ben had, when did you get married, Ben? How old were you? Uh, 21. 21. 21? Yeah. Wow. We let you get I married I was almost young. 22, like a month later. Okay, <laughs> okay whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, the way I view it is that Ben had 21 years of premarital counseling. You know, that I was showing him every day, you know, how to be a husband. Um, And I hope I've done that with all my kids because, you know, for better or for worse, it's true for everybody. You know, if I didn't show them how to to, you know, deal with the spouse, probably a few weeks, you know, a few one hour sessions are not going to show them any better. Um, So. uh, um, But I think one thing that like. I feel like one is parents act like, and I mean, I haven't been there, but I've to where I've had the kids, but I've been in that situation. And I've seen a lot of people in that situation is that like, if you are having to control your kid to prevent them from doing something like that at that age, then you've already lost the overall thing. I think, cause like you've only got like, let's say they do meet someone and all of a sudden, like you're really only have maybe a year and then you're gone. Like they're not, it's not like you get to make any decisions at that point. So if you're like right before that thinking like, oh my goodness, I have to make sure they don't do anything at all and I control everything they go do or see everything they whatever, like then at that point you haven't raised them earlier, I feel like, you know, it's kind of like planning for retirement. It's like if you literally are like the year before you get retired, you're like, oh man, now I need to start saving. You're probably not going to have a savings, you know, but if you are working on that for their entire life of like instilling good values and instilling them how to, you know, choose wisely and things like that, that's where it matters. And then once it gets to that point, you, I think it's more of an advisory thing more than a controlling thing, because I mean, you know, I feel like, especially with the dad, like, yeah, you may not like the guy, but unless there's literally like, for instance, we know a situation where there's a person that we care about a lot in the area and she's dating someone that we know is a pretty, done a ton of horrible stuff you know and that's a situation where it's like as a parent i would say i would put all my weight behind saying 
this is not a good person. But in a lot of, I think it's hard for a lot of dads maybe, or maybe parent moms too, I don't know as much, but to differentiate like a personality flaw that they don't like and, or other things that are traits that they don't like and like an actual dangerous red flag that's like this person will abuse you or this person's going to, you know, like I think, but they apply it to the same level of everything. I feel like, I mean, I have relatives or friends or, you know, who have in the past and have situations where it's like that. And it's like, well, you know, I think that might've been a little severe and then it can, yeah, it can ruin and keep prevents for a long period of time. And it's so sad seeing that. Oh, so, and it can be sad and, and, you know, really, and your kids might even go through a divorce, you know, but, to, I think there's even purpose in that, you know, sometimes they have to make a really bad choice, you know, to learn what God would have them learn, you know, uh, like some of you listening right now, you know, you went through a terrible marriage or maybe something else. I don't know. It may not be that. And of course, we don't want our kids to go through divorce. I pray that our kids will never do that. You know, they're staying married. Um, but, you know, sometimes bad things happen. Uh, and you know, cause we can't control, I can't make Ben choose, you know, every right thing. I can't make any of my kids choose the right things. Um, and even like this situation Ben's talking about, you know, yes, dads can put down their, their foot, but after a while, you know, we can't put down our foot forever, you know? Right. Are you yeah. going to say something to that, Ben? No, not really. I mean, I just, that situation you were talking about earlier where it's like, oh, but I'm not sure who they're going to meet. Like, that's just like, you are grasping at straws and it's just like you should be able to trust them at least more than that or at least right. you know if you're so unconfident in your kid at that point then yeah, i mean you're not going to probably ever find a situation where it's going to just work out real well because i mean that's or just a really if you intense think your training oh, can be undone that quickly right that's what i mean you know, like I mean, if you I, think it's you that sent, shallow then man right then, <laughs> right. then we haven't done a very good yeah, job exactly i mean and really you know i, Which, I think yeah i i believe that Ben chose Rissa, you know, or he was interested in Rissa because he saw something that all his training said, oh, this is something good. You right. know, yes, there are personality choices, but, you know, as he's and so I believe that he saw that, you know, and I believe that Ike saw something in Carolyn, you know, that was noble and good and godly. And I believe that Sam saw something in McKenna that was noble and good and godly, plus those other things. Um, and I, I, you know, there's a line in uh, the movie uh, Father of the Bride, the first one, where, you know, he she brings this guy home. Have I said this before, Ben? Probably, but I don't remember exactly what you're going to say. Ah, he doesn't remember, so that's why. I we mean, you've told me. This. I can't. I think you've also said it on the podcast, but I remember. 100%. That's okay. We'll say. Oh, we'll say it again. Um, where you know he thinks he's a creep, but at one point he says, you know, the the daughter says, you know, what's what is what's the problem, and don't you like him? And he says, and he says, I know that if you love him, I will grow to love him too. You know, and what I think what he was saying is, if you see something, there's something about how we've trained you that we're going to see that as well. And it just affirms that this person saw something, you know, that that is worthy. And sometimes I think as parents, we don't always see it at first. You know, we're like, ah, why did they choose that person? You know, I mean, why? but maybe we can just trust that God's in the midst of it, you sometimes know, through helpful. our past. 
to have Say not that like it. a horrific situation, but something that ended up, you know, they were invested, but ended up being bad or not bad, but just like ends, you know, because then that kind of gives them really good perspective of what they actually are attracted to or actually looking for. And also, I think like, you know, God created this desire, especially in guys really, really uh, overpowering, you know, when they're growing, you know, like when you're becoming yeah. a, a young adult and everything. I don't think there's many kids, you know, teens or whatever, that if you didn't help them would not have any, like, interest at all. I don't think they're just being like, oh, man, I never even thought that I should go try to find, like, if they're interested, there's just that innate thing that they're going to take that extra effort or make that extra effort if you encourage them and just say, yeah, go to that, Go, go have fun or whatever, you know, and not be like, you don't have to help them through every handhold and every step of the way unless they ask for it, maybe then do it, but... You know, I don't think you have to initiate or set up all the blind dates for him or set up, a, oh, here's this young lady we met here. Go date, you know, and I'll arrange for it. I'll get the meal reservation. Like, don't have to do that. Just, you know, encourage them to do stuff. And then they will, I think, even your shy kids. I'm always shocked, you know, when you meet that person, you're like, who literally doesn't say two words in a day. And you're like, how did you ever meet your spouse? You know, but because they have that desire, it, you know, they work the courage up and they, they do it. You know, it's, it's just amazing, actually, how many people will find someone, even though you would be shocked. But it's just because I think that is like a God-given thing that everyone, if it's allowed to go, you know, and, and grow and allowed to uh, you know, has the encouragement and you've trained them well, then they're going to be fine, I think. But that's my, no, my theory. No, no I think you're right. I think you're right. And again, you know, as Ben was saying, you know, when you say, oh, you know, here, we'll set them up for you. Again, I think that feels a little bit like you're broken and we need to fix you. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I would, you know, and I would tell Catherine and I would say, you know, it all changes and it only takes one day, Catherine. You know, one day you don't know anybody. And the next day you do yep. know somebody, you know, and it's like, whoa, where did this person come from? And that's the way it kind of was with her. That's the way it was, it was with Ben. Right. You know, um, and with Sam, you know, and I, it just encourages me and all my kids, you know, to see like the two that are married, the one who's getting married and to think, wow, God's plan was so perfect, you know, because, at, you know, at certain points. You know, you're thinking, wow, is God ever going to bring somebody around to my shy son? You know, is he ever going to know what to do? You know, or is Ben, is he going to jump in there so fast that he's just going to marry, you know, any schmo who walks down the, you know. And the really cool thing is to see how God orchestrates it. And really, I think as a parent, you know, we talk to our kids, but we let them make choices. And we trust them at times, but we still put parameters on there, you know. I mean, Ben had curfews all the way almost up till he was married, yeah. uh, you know, and and that's that's good. Uh, but I would say for you dads especially, you know, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be like, well, I've got to, you know, uh, I've got to make sure they go through these 14 or 28 pages of, you know, the prelude to dating my daughter because there's no one who's going to, who's going to stack up against that. I heard a quote today. It said there hasn't been a perfect person's in 2000 years. I was like, that's, that's, that's really good. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I, I I talked to, you know, I remember talking to two girls who they were each married. They were, I don't know, maybe 35 and maybe a little older. They hadn't married. And 
the mom, I mean, you could tell the mom was super uptight about it because, I mean, we just sat down at this table. I mean, and she's talking about it within seconds, you know, like, uh, you know, well. And then the mom said, well, my daughters just say they haven't found anybody who's like their daddy. And I wanted to I almost said I wish I would have. Well, you know, even her daddy wouldn't like her daddy back right. then. Because, you know, you're all immature. At, I was immature. I was the most immature when I got married, you know. And God somehow used immature people. Um, and he turned something amazing into it. It's still hard. Um, it will always be hard. But it's good. So, hey, uh, we're out of time. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, I hope you're having a great summer. Uh, I saw some lightning bugs out there, and I made a list on my summer bucket list uh, that we need to catch some lightning bugs and make sure we invite Renly uh, to go catch lightning bugs because it won't be long before there aren't any more lightning bugs. So have a great week, um, and don't forget to keep smiling. Thanks for listening. Hopefully this week's podcast was fun and encouraging for you. If you'd like more weekly encouragement, you can subscribe to our email over at thesmilinghomeschooler.com. We also want to thank our good friends at Teaching Textbooks for making today's show possible. You can learn more about all their great math products, view a sample lesson, and check out their affordable pricing at teachingtextbooks.com. Have a wonderful week, and as always, keep smiling.